0: So, a question that we want to now address is um, uh, concerning a certain three-letter word, and um, as to uh, as to matters there, existence, non-existence, and all of that. So, basically, a way to, to one of the approaches here, um, when when people say, "Is there or is there not?" What we're talking about right? Um, the, the, the question to ask is, what is it exactly that you would have there be? What are you taking that there is, all right? And I, a person who says, yeah, I don't believe, quote unquote, in, um, in certain things, right? And I, I, so we say, what do you believe in? What is there? Well, there's the world, right? There's the world, there's the universe, eh, stars, you know, all that stuff. So it's okay. So we remember that words are not realities. So just because we say a given word, it doesn't mean that there's a corresponding reality. For example, just because we say that um, there's uh, uh, a blah, 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 it doesn't mean automatically there's a blah, blah. blah. There's, that's something uh, that that word stands for. So consequently, we have to ask, what is it then that you take to be the world? So, Well, the, the, the earth, right? I mean, the, the clouds, the, the, the roads, the trees, and all this. Okay, so now we, we, you say what you think the world is. It's, it's uh, the, the continents, right? It's the things we see on a globe. So we have to examine how something exists. So how does something exist? So let's take something such as a rock. It's, it seems very worldly. Let's take a rock. How does a rock exist? A rock, well, first of all, we have a word. Rock. In a different language, it's a different word. It's a different sound. We may not recognize it. So the sound is not the, the thing what, what is designated by the sound. So what is designated by the sun? What is there to it? First of all, let, let's presume that the person has all the senses intact, just for, for convenience's sake. So we have a sight, meaning we have a, a visual variation in our visual field that we would point to and we say, that's a rock. But is that a rock? So let's see. So if we go to a, a museum, let's say maybe a modern art museum, and we see what we call a rock and we reach out our hand toward it and our hand goes through it, all Right? Is it a rock? No, it's a hologram. So it's a hologram of a rock. So what we see is not the rock. So it could be a hologram, it could be a picture. We take a picture, we say it's a picture of the rock. So it's not a rock, but even when we see what we call a real rock, that's just the sight. It's not the rock in, its, of its, in and of its own self. Otherwise, the hologram, which is exactly the same, or can be exactly the same as the, the, what we call a real rock, would also be a real rock, but it's not. So there's something else. What's the missing component? Touch, sensations, impenetrability. When we grab what we call real rock, we have resistance on our hand, right? We can't move our hand through it. We feel a, a feedback, a tactile feedback. So there's that. But is that all there is to the rock? The touch sensations and the sight sensations? Say no, because if we simply, get, let's say we take a little kid, not a little kid, a little kid knows, but an infant, and we give a rock to the infant, and the, the, the consequently, the infant in at stands the raisin will feel that relevant touch sensations, and perhaps even, uh, depending on the age, some of the sight sensations, will the the child think, or the infant think rock? No, of course not. There will just be these disparate uh, touch and sight sensations. So consequently, what we mean by the term rock is a concept. It's an idea. Okay, here's a solid thing. This is how it's formed. This is where it's found. These are the possible utilities. These are my past experiences with it and so forth and so on. It's an idea and a sign for that idea is either the sight uh, uh, or the touch and hopefully both because otherwise one of the things can be deceptive. Oh, I think my eyes are closed. I'm touching it. I think it's a rock, but really it's it's something else. Oh, I see what I call a rock, but really it's a picture of a rock or a hologram or something like this. So when we have the sight and we have the touch, and we have the idea, and the sight and the touch stand for the idea. We have what we can call a rock, a cluster of all of these different things. Now, let's examine how all of these things can exist. Now, uh, uh, most obvious: can the idea exist without a mind? What we call a mind that can hold the idea? No, right? Well, how does that? How does the idea exist without a mind? In in, in, what, in what regard? You, you know, what does it exist to a uh, to to a computer? No, right? And we see actually when we, for example, we want to log into our email. And nowadays they have, uh, however you pronounce it, CAPT, C-A-P-T, whatever that is. That's you have to select, say, find all of the uh, the bridges or the cars. Why does that even work? Why can't a computer do that? Supercomputers, why can't they do that? It's because the sight sensations are not the bridge or the car. It's just pigments. The, The car, the bridge, or whatever else we're selecting for is our concepts. You understand? So that's just the sign for it. So no computer, no matter how smart it is, can figure out that The the pigments are what what they stand as a sign for, because that requires intelligence. It requires a mind. If it's not obvious, think about it. Let's say we take a picture of our mother, uh, right, if we have one, or or we take a picture of our mother when we had one, and uh, we say, okay, who is that? It's our mom, right? But we show it to somebody else, and the other person says, mom, that's my aunt, or that's my sister, or that's my uh, um, wife. Well, that's my neighbor, right? What mom? There's no mom, so we say that we think it's our mom, and it is, but to us, and that's just the sign. The picture is just the sign. So no computer can ever, ever, ever say, "Oh, that's that's your mom," just by by analyzing the pigments. If we uh, put put input the label of mother to a computer, and then it's gonna correlate that label with certain geometrical properties of the image, then it could do the the whatever it is, the face scans. And can uh, collect that uh, can fit, can tell us what what are the likely images of our mother? Maybe as yes, phones n- nowadays can. But in itself, it can never ever do that. So we see what we see is not what we interpret it as. When we see what we call a car, it's not a car, it's just visual sensations. We see a bridge; it's not a bridge; it's just visual sensations. So the idea cannot exist outside of a mind. Now, can the visual sensations exist outside of a mind? Even the most uh, thoughtless. Uh, kind of a scholar will say, no, we need an eye, right? We need, we need a, a retina in order to form an image. So consequently, the image cannot exist without the, uh, an eye, it cannot exist without a mind to, to process what is being perceived. What about the touch sensations? We think that we perceive impenetrability, right? I see the rock, I perceive impenetrability, but that's not so. We see the hologram, it, we don't perceive the impenetrability, we don't perceive the touch sensations. Consequently, the sight just stands as a, as a sign, as we said, for touch sensations, but we, we tend to say the touch sensations are touch, are touch sensations of impenetrability, meaning the rock is hard, there's mass there, and we simply happen to feel that. But if we really think critically about what's going on, that doesn't make any sense because our sole information concerning impenetrability excuse me, is precisely and solely our touch sensations. So what are we supposed to say? That the touch sensations are of touch sensations? What in the world is that supposed to mean? It's just the touch sensations. That's our soul uh, information as it concerns uh, impenetrability. You understand? So consequently, can that exist without what we call our senses? Can that exist without what we call, as we understand it now? Although we might get to that shortly. Our, our central nervous system and, our, and basically our mind? No. So we see that no aspect of the rock... That we are aware of can exist without our, our mind, and we say, "Yeah, but there's something to the rock in it, of its own self." But we have no idea what that is or what that could possibly be. And inasmuch as a rock is the utilitarian concept with our touch sensations and with our sight, we see exactly what there is to the rock. It doesn't make any sense to say that there's something else to the rock which we are apprehending. So consequently, the rock cannot exist without a mind. Right now, however, when we go to a park, let's say. And we uh, are walking along a trail that we've never been on. And we look down and we see what? We see a rock. So how did the rock exist prior to it being there? If it's necessary to have a mind in order for a rock to exist. Was it just there? Which part of it was just there? Was it the idea? Was it the touch sensations? Or was it the the sight sensations? Notice if a person says, Oh, really, it was the atoms, we simply apply the same operation to these terms, whether the term is atom or the term is an element or whatever the the terms it might be, it will be the same exact uh, phenomenological, phenomenological, whatever it is, it will be the same breakdown uh, uh, that that we did as it concerns uh, the the rock. Alright, so now we see that the rock could not have been uh, there without a mind, you understand? So anyhow, and what about, never mind, so let's say a rock, uh, even a rock, but let's say we take a, we, uh, there's a book, right, and uh, with complicated information in the book. So it's the same idea. Where was the information? Where was the text before we read it? Let's say it was on a shelf for a hundred years, right? That hundred years, where was it? It's the same breakdown. The ideas that the letters stand for were certainly not there. The contrast of light and dark that required eyes were certainly not there. You understand? The touch sensations for the pages were certainly not there, so we cannot say that uh, uh, that was there, uh, that it was just there. So what then accounts for the fact that it is there, or that we dig up a coin in the desert that was hidden, that was from an empire from thousands of years ago. You understand? What accounts for that? It must be that all of that information that later, that was realized and that was extended in our experience at the right time and in the right moment. That it was in a mind. That it was in a mind. Correct? That it wasn't simply, quote-unquote, just this. And when a person says, going back to the original question, What do you believe in? I believe in the world. Well, I believe in the stars and, and the earth and, uh, you know, the elements and the atoms. So we see, right? That we... Well, this is a, It's not even wrong. It's a thoughtless statement. What is it that the person believes in? In some of our sight sensations? In some of our touch sensations? In some of our ideas? That they exist independent of a mind? We can't make such a claim. So now we can go a little deeper. First of all, when we say that we need our central nervous system, and we say that we need our eyes in order to perceive sights our central nervous system, to perceive touch sensations in our brain in order to perceive ideas, we, of course, would have to go through the same exact operation that we did as it concerns the, the rock and as it concerns anything else, as it concerns our senses, as it concerns the central nervous system, as it concerns the eyes, as it concerns the brain. So consequently, we cannot say that any of that exists just quote-unquote by itself, no more than we can say that, the, uh, the, that a stone exists by itself. So consequently, the cause of our touch sensations cannot be Quote, unquote, our central nervous system. The cause of what we see cannot be our quote-unquote eyes. The cause of our cognition cannot be our quote-unquote brain. Consequently, it's all conceived just as the rock in what we would call a mind. <laughs> you understand? So consequently, where is that? what does that make us? Right? What, how do we then think about us? So let's take another example. Let's say that we forget something. We meet a person, we forget the name. Correct? Let's say we haven't seen a person for 10 years. All of a sudden we see them, ah, what's this person's name, and all of a sudden the the person's name comes to mind and additional information about the person. Where was this information for the 10 years? Now we're saying the brain, but as we understood, the brain cannot be referenced as as a cause for any of our experience because we compose the notion of our brain out of our experience. So where was the information? It was, it can only have been in a mind can only have been in a mind and yet we were not aware of it. So, what mind was it in? Was it in our mind? <laughs> you understand? So, what we would then say, to not kind of spell things out too much, what we would say is that, what we take to be ourselves, we are modes of a mind that is larger than what we experience it as. Let's say the very least larger, <laughs> right? Not larger like uh, 10 feet is larger than 5 feet, just to use that metaphor as, as a word. It's larger, right? So we see that our entire sense of of what we are, our body, our mind, our memories, it's all conceived according to some principle of individuality in a mysterious way, but it's conceived by a mind, by what we would call an absolute mind. So what is there really, right? Is there the brain? Is there the touch sensations? No, there's the absolute mind. And uh, what we take to be the world we we have to break down specifically depending on what is in question. It's a question of our experience. So anyhow, when a person says, you know, I don't believe in anything transcending appearances, I just believe in the appearances, it's not even wrong. It's just a completely thoughtless, foolish statement. And yet it's possible to make to some extent because amazingly, the entire world of appearances is self-contained, meaning we are able to reference at least formally the brain as, as accounting for the mind and the nervous system as accounting for touch sensations and the atoms as accounting for certain physical properties and so forth and so on we're able to create a world picture uh, that uh, is self-referential and self-insulated and consequently on the surface account for uh, uh, all phenomena and all appearances but conceptually speaking if we actually think and turn on our noggins we cannot account For any appearances by simply referencing other appearances. They're all to be thought about on the same epistemological footing, meaning on the same footing of knowledge. So one thing cannot explain another. So anyhow, that's a a way to think about uh, these questions. So as it concerns what that means for us, we would say that we have to connect with reality. We cannot simply connect with appearances. Okay, here's the the real reality is... um, uh, Again, the real reality is... uh, the straight corner, the real reality is the cement, the real reality is my house, the real reality are my shoes, the real reality is uh, the things that I hear and I listen to, and the, the things on the internet, it's the real reality, and you know, that is what it is, so if we stay on that superficial level, we don't have too much life, we don't have too much existence, in order to really truly have life and existence, we have to connect with the real reality, which there really truly is, which underlies all of the appearances. And we do that by focusing on, uh, on proper action, on proper thought, on properly developing ourselves, and consequently with the aim to attain true life. So let's do it. Thank you for listening.